This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and products, but everything is focused around books. Our guests share tips that help anyone in the book industry, whether you are a librarian, bookseller, author, publisher, educator. The truth of the matter here is that the advice coming out of these conversations are for creative marketing across industries. So today we have a friend, a near and dear friend of mine, Barbara Gruner. And let me tell you a little bit about Barbara. She is a beloved school counselor and passionate character educator who positively thrives on being a connection catalyst. And you're going to hear a lot about that today. She and her husband, John, live in Friendswood, Texas, where they raised their three now adult children. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you, Maria. It is so fun to connect with you, whether it's digitally or, oh, we had a treat and we met in person last October. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Let's start off by talking about your birthday present this year. Tell us what you were able to celebrate on your birthday. Okay. So I celebrated 60 years of birth at the same time, 30 years of marriage, because we did marry on my birthday. And then the biggest gift to us was that my book, Mr. Quigley's Keys, released on that day. And so it was super exciting to be able to have a book with a birthday that's the same day as mine. That sends a message that you're never too old or too young or too anything mm -hmm. to dream big and do it. And you're going back to your roots because you're going to be teaching part-time as a Spanish teacher this year. Right. So I started as a Spanish teacher back in 1984, and now I am going back three classes a day to teaching Spanish to my eighth grade friends, and I couldn't be more delighted. Steep learning curve ahead because a lot of technologies have come along since I taught Spanish 26 years ago. However... I am so excited that I'll be able to, one step at a time, tackle whatever they throw my way technology-wise. And that's one of the things that I love about you, Barbara, is you are a woman who wears many hats, which I know a lot of people out in the world wear many hats, but you put 150% into each of those hats that you wear. And so let's talk about those hats. Um, you know, you not only have written a picture book, but you have also been in the education space for many, many years. And not just as a Spanish, Spanish teacher, can you tell us a little bit about um, your other roles in education? Yes, thank you. I stayed in Spanish for 10 years and I taught at the junior high and high school levels. During that time, I was called to get a master's degree in education because I just wanted to know more. I was also dabbling in English as a second language, which we now call English for language learners and um, really wanted to know more. So I did that. And then I was called again to another degree I, because the kids would come and ask me to help them with their issues. And I didn't feel equipped as a teacher. So I also pursued a school counseling degree. So I do have two master's degrees on top of my English and Spanish um, bachelor's out of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And so I've been in education for 38 years. 34 of it was in public education. And then when I left for an encore career, I had the beauty of the last three years really working with adults 
and then doing um, readings and connecting with kids um, this last year and a half via Zoom, right? All over the world, even Australia. That was so much fun. All over the world. Yeah. All over the world. All over the world. And one of the things that you do is you really focus on connecting by heart. So let's talk a little bit about that. Why is connecting by heart so important to you? You know, I think my message just always is all we need is love. And I hear the Beatles singing it. And I wrote about it in my first book, What's Under Your Cape. And I know it sounds so simple, simple, but not easy, right? And so when we see the division in the world and we see racial injustice and just whatever issues, just apathy and and bullying and whatever issues that are so negative, we also know that there's a benevolence scale for childhood issues. And when children have at least one caring attachment, that person can change the trajectory of their life. And that's what I mean by connecting by heart, stepping into their story and knowing, telling them by how you treat them and by how you see and hear them that they matter and that they have a voice, that they have a place at the table and a voice in this world. So this message is important for those of you listening who are educators, but also for those of you who are listening who are writers, aspiring writers, because I think that those messages are much needed in picture books um, and middle grade, whatever grade, um, whatever level you're going to be writing for. Those messages are really needed right now in our world. And you have this analogy going of, you know, um, unwrapping this present and connecting by heart. So if you were to give words of wisdom that words of wisdom that really would help people to live to help unwrap that present, what would you say to people? Yeah, I think to really stay in the moment and to really listen with intention. You know, Bob Goff, who asks us to dream big, says we are, we'll become in our lives, we are in our lives, what we do with our love. And so to be able to just not be on to that next thing, to just be in the moment. Um, one of the most poignant examples is one time we were kayaking and I was filming a mindful moment and my son Jacob said, mom, if you're filming for your next presentation, are you really in the moment with us right now? And when the kids bring it back and your message ripples back you, you know, in your direction, it's really, um, it, it's, it's a call to action. It's eye-opening because you have to walk the talk, right? Mm -hmm. And and what are your keys to connection? And, and more importantly, how are people going to tell? Mm, I like how that. Know? How will they know? And you talked about the keys. So let's kind of jump back to um, your birthday present this year. Um, what was it like to publish a book at your age? And not that I'm saying your age is anything. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, right. So it was really daunting. I got the idea for the picture book more than 10 years ago mm. when my friend Jennifer Quigley, a teacher across the street, met my father. And she said, oh, Barbara, it feels so good to have a daddy hug again. And so I said, tell me more. Oh, it's all you need, my friends. Three words. Tell me more. And she said, well, my daddy isn't with us anymore. He passed away at the age of 52 from a heart attack. But he was the maintenance man at my first school when I was in the fourth grade, she said. And we could hear his keys jingling as he came down the hallway. And she said we would get so excited because he was coming. And she said the sad thing is he had lost his hearing in the war, the Korean War. 
And so he did not even hear his own keys. And at that moment, I said, Jennifer, that is a children's story just waiting to be written. And she said, yeah, but I'm not a writer. And then without skipping a beat, she said, but I know who's someone who is. <laughs> and I just was like, yeah, but I don't write fiction. And I don't like, like I have the title and that's about it. Mr. Quigley's Keys. So I cooked on it for, I'm telling you, a decade. I would say, okay, keys to connection, keys to character. I would watch other maintenance men and janitors and, and, you know, relationship knows no hierarchy. I would watch bus drivers. I would watch the night crew come in and we would have a little conversation in Spanish. And I would think, what is it like to be here all night cleaning your backdress, connecting by heart? And then in October of 2019, I met a young girl, an art teacher, and she said to me, hey, would you be my mentor? She went to the school I had just left. And at that coffee chat, I said, oh, my illustrator just found me. Now I have to write the story. Mm, I love that. I love it. And I just think it takes such bravery and courage. And that you said walking the walk, walking walking the talk, walking the walk. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. You've been teaching character for years and telling children to be brave and get out of your comfort zone and do, you know, live with passion and give back and love one another. And these are all the things that you've done through publishing this book. So thank you. Thank you for putting this book into the world. My pleasure. I think too, turning burdens into blessings. Um, over the pandemic, I kept calling it finding the gift in the grind. Like, this is hard, but we're wired to do hard things. And for us, the pandemic pause gave that time so that we could create and pitch the book. And it gave Audrey time to draw, to, to draw her images. And, and it gave us time to reach out to a focus group and really solidify what we wanted to say and, and get my words exactly the way I wanted them. And I want to work on alliteration because it's one of my literary technique favorites. And so it was just such a blessing, just an overwhelming opportunity to take the grind and find a gift. Mm, that, that's your quote right there. We always pull a quote from our episodes and narrative right there. So I have another um, thing that I wanted to talk to you about because you have been a mentor to me personally. I mean, just being able to teach kids character and being able to, you know, allow children to discover their own gifts. So through your work as an educator, how did you come across the books that you would read? So this, this message now is really going out to the publishers and the librarians and the booksellers who are listening to this message because I want them to know through this educator series, how are, how are the educators finding books? Um, so how can those two connections, right? those two connections come together so that these publishers um, can create these great books, but how can we get people to find them and purchase them and share those messages? Yeah, that's such a great question. I've been on the lookout for a good story since I was in storytelling forensics as a senior in high school. So that goes back to 1979, because if you were going to get a star rating, you had to be able to tell tell a good story. So I would look, um, vocabulary rich for sure. I would look, I, you know, people don't like didactic books, but there has to be a lesson if I'm going to use it, especially as a school counselor or a parent to help grow my child. And so I would start looking for books um, that I could read in counseling classes, books that 
characters that kids could see themselves, windows and mirrors, we know both are important, that they would see themselves and that they would see other characters and that they would know that they are not alone in the world going through this stuff. I spend so much time at Barnes and Noble and Half Price Books and at my local bookstore just combing and the kids would be like, mom, we've played with the trains enough. Can we comb I mean, just look, um, illustrations are important because I want the illustrator to be able to bring my words to life. And I had to always hear a voice, right? I had to hear voice in the story so that as the reader trying to engage an audience of wiggly little elementary kids and knowing that if I had high schoolers visit, I would, I would take that same book to them because those are just little kids in bigger bodies, right? Yeah. Knowing that I can take a story and it's going to come to life and it's going to have a, a quiet echo beyond the pages, beyond that session with me, beyond just that moment in time that says, oh man, it's an empowerment thing, right? I, I saw Jimmy solve the problem that way. I can too. Or I saw, I saw Harmony watch her school custodian. Wait, I have a school custodian, right? And we start to make those connections. And so for me, those kinds of books absolutely just caught my attention. When I was looking for a book on kindness, I found spaghetti and a hot dog bun. And you know what sold me? The list in the back. Well, you had all those kindness ideas. And that was the first time I reached out to you as an author and really just any author because I loved authors, but I know I didn't think they were reachable, right? And so you and the Hey Little Ant author, you're my first two authors where I actually sent an email and said, oh my goodness, I absolutely loved your book. The kids connected to it. And now I see goodness going on in the building because of Lucy Starry. Oh, I, I love that. And I, and I think that's so helpful to know that the back of the book is what really drew you to purchasing that title, that book. And who wrote, do you know off the top of your head, who wrote Hey Little Ants? Yes, Philip and Hannah Hoos. I actually got to meet him when he came to Houston and did um, a character night for us. We called it Picnic with the Author of Ant. And he told us it took a dozen years to get his um, title published because uh, um, publishers told him that you don't get to um, do an open-ended book. Only Dr. Seuss was allowed to do an open-ended book and his book ended with the question, if you were me and I were you, what would you want me to do? It's like to squish or don't squish. And, and, ah. and it came out of just, it just came out of his little girl wanting to squish ants on the sidewalk. And it's a conversation between an ant and a kid. And it's so powerful for empathy and respect and differences. And, and now it's made its track. It, it sold 100,000 copies. Eighth edition, my little blurb is on the back of a hardcover issue because oh. I made friends with him and um, Teaching Tolerance picked up an article. So once you start reviewing books, if you make a name for yourself as someone who gets books, then sometimes publishers send you books. So now how I find a lot of my really good titles is publishers will send advance or preview copies. Mm. And then I always tell them, if I don't like it, I'm probably not reviewing it because I only want to endorse the books. And I'm not going to dog a book, 
It yeah. might not be my thing, but I only want the books that are really going to empower and enrich what's going on in the classroom, in life, for the kids in my care. Well, I think as, as a publisher, we only ask for honest reviews. We're not looking for five-star reviews. I mean, we want honesty. So I appreciate that as you know, coming from you as a, a reviewer and you as a reader. So I feel like you, this whole episode is very full circle because we always ask our guests, well, what's a call to action? Like, where can we go next? Like, what can we do to support you? And what can we do um, to learn more about you afterwards? And do you remember what you had said? It's probably something about love. <laughs> it sure is. And your call to action was to remember that we need to love one another. Simple, but not easy. And okay. yeah, and I think that I would like to add to that, that everyone should go ahead and make sure that they read your book. And because there are so many things that can come from your newest title, Mr. Quigley, that's how you say it, correct? Quigley. Mr. Quigley's Keys. Um, so I do want people to check that out. And how would they find you online, Barbara? Where, where are you hanging out most days? Probably the most I'm on Twitter, at Barbara Gruner. But we've okay. also created a Mr. Quigley's Facebook page now. I tried Instagram, but I got to tell you, I got stuck. And so I'm there, but I'm very stuck. I'm okay. not consuming very much yet. Again, okay. kind of a steep learning yeah. curve. I've also opened up a, um, a page, barbaragrunerauthor.com, where you can learn more about hmm. Mr. Quigley's keys, um, some of the backstories, some of the early reviews, um, just kind of a chance to to get acquainted, there's even a little teaser where I'll read the first few pages and my daughter made us a trailer, a book trailer. So that's fun. Um, I don't know that I have a great marketing plan. I'm probably giving away as many books as I'm selling, but I just want the message that you matter and that you are loved in the hearts. You know, whether, whether you have a differing ability um, no matter who you are, whatever you have going on, that there is somebody out in the world that wants to connect with you by heart. Mm. And, well, and that's the whole thing is you're, again, you're practicing what you preach, love and kindness. And so by giving and gifting books, it's going to come back within the children who are hearing those messages, because those are the children who are going to grow up to be our next leaders and doctors and teachers and um, having love in their hearts is what we need. So thank you very much for being a guest today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I want to end with the Winston Ch Churchill quote that I love so much. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Thank you, Barbara. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Maria. So good to see you. You are sunshine. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.